Good morning. Welcome to Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. Will you pray with me as we continue in worship? Father, thank you for being with us this morning, for meeting us here. I ask as we look into your word that the truth will really help us to see things as they really are. In your name we pray. Amen. We've been uh, spending the last couple weeks talking about how to choose a life of meaning and really how that's a, a deal or no deal situation. Uh, the first week we looked at how uh, we really can choose to invest in lasting things and the difference that makes in our life. Uh, last week we looked at seizing the opportunity today and living for God here and now. Uh, today we're going to talk about contentment. This is something that for me, I've been really learning a lot about uh, the last five, six years. Um, and we're going to really look at the reality of contentment and really what that means for um, our lives. If you're anything like me, contentment is not something that is easy. In fact, the reason contentment is not easy at all is because of discontentment. And when you dig into the scriptures, you find certain realities about discontentment. Basically, there's just a lot of things that we want, and when we don't have them, we don't like that. That's really the reality of, of life, of being a human on earth. The first reality of discontentment is that we're all born with it. We're all born with discontentment. Uh, in Proverbs 22, verse 15, it says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far, fr- far from him. The word folly there, uh, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the word folly means evileth, which basically is a stubborn determination to get your own way. And I've been sharing the last couple of weeks about my, my daughter, and I'm, I'm a new dad, so it seems like I'm learning things every day. One of the things that I've really been able to nail down is that this stubborn determination to get your own way, that's, that's real. You know what I mean? If you've ever had a kid that's, you know, anywhere from nine months to four years old to 18 to my own life, I find that this stubborn determination to get what I want is, is real. Um, you know, every day my, my daughter eats and she, she sits in her high chair and we, we feed her, her her lunch or her dinner and she's full. She doesn't want to eat anymore. And then it's our turn to eat. And I've noticed it's amazing. No matter how full my daughter is, as soon as we eat, she wants what we have. And I, I mean, she just doesn't want it. She, we will be sitting on the, at the table, on the couch, and it's like she, she knows. She hears something rustling, something like a bag of chips of some sort. And all of a sudden you hear it. She's crawling. She's right at your feet. She's just waiting. She's as full as she can be, but she wants what we have because she doesn't have it. That right there, that's, that's folly. It's that stubborn determination. What you have is what I want. You see, that's not really something that just exists in you know, a 10-month-old. That's something that really exists in our heart. And that's why contentment is such an issue, because we really are born with discontentment. Um, the scripture there says that the, the rod of discipline will, will drive it from that child. A parent's big job in life is to really train and instruct and correct children. So they realize they can't get their own way. 
And you know what? Even, even though we, we still train and we instruct, it's going to be a struggle the rest of our lives. Because no matter what, we want what we want. And that's the reality that we find in Scripture. The Bible paints another picture of, of really what's going on in our heart that makes contentment such an issue. Uh, James 4, 1 through 3, that should be up on the screen. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Uh, it says right there, don't they come from your desires that battle? That word battle there is really referring to like a military campaign. You see, when we have something that we want, it's not just that we think, you know, I really want it. We actually campaign like a, like a military strategist would. We have to determine how can I align everything up in my life to get what I want. And that's really those desires that battle within us. It's just that, that campaign that we, we set so we can align everything up just the way we want it so we get really our own way. Recently, I, I experienced this, this battle in my, in my own life. And I'm going to just be honest with you. Um, I, I walked up to an ATM machine and there was a guy in front of me. And I walked up to the machine after he was done. And usually, you know, it says, insert your card. Well, when I walked up to the screen, it said, do you want another transaction? And I thought to myself, I was like, that's a, that's a weird screen. I've, I've not seen that screen. And then I realized the guy left his card in the machine. So right there, I had like this opportunity in my head. And I thought, this guy left his card in the machine. He probably has money in his account. I would like money. This is really, this is what went on. It was kind of like, another transaction. That's weird. Oh, his card's there. Wow, he's got money. I could get his money. And it was just right there that I felt that battle. It was kind of like, oh, this would be a real easy way to get some money. And I may get away with it. Thing is, a lot of times, stuff like that kind of comes up in my mind. And sometimes I choose the right way and sometimes I choose the wrong way. This time I... I chose the right way. There was a few things going on. One, I didn't want to get arrested because I saw the camera right there. Figured that's probably there for a reason. Second, even if I did get away with it, I knew God was going to spank me for that. It wasn't my card. wasn't my money. But there was that, that desire. It was kind of like the jackpot. You know, I was like, another transaction. That's amazing. That means I could maybe get his money. So anyways, I, I, I pressed the button. I canceled, I canceled the thing out and I took the card and the guy was getting in his car. So I ran, I ran off to him, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. And so I, so I run off to him, and I say, hey, hey, bro, you, you forgot your card. And he was just like, oh, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And you know what? I, I, I didn't just leave it at that, because it's kind of like I wanted to show what I had done. And I said, you know, I almost had $100. And it was right there. He gave me a look like, he kind of slanted his head, which was saying, did you take $100? You see, he didn't know. And I, right when I said it, I was like, why did I say that? It was like I wanted to show I had the opportunity to really gain from him, and I didn't. And from doing that, he, he realized, wait a second, this guy may have taken my money. But see, that, that's kind of what, what happens is, I, I, you know, I had a little bit of a seed of discontent. More money, that would have been easier. Left the card, I could have gotten it. And just 
that was a span of probably 30 seconds in, in my life just last week where I realized, wow, this, this discontentment, this stubborn determination to get what I want is very real. But you see, the good news is when we, when we come into a relationship with Christ and he's the boss of our life, you realize that, that he really is the one that provides, that you don't have to take shortcuts, you don't have to hack in another guy's account to be provided for. That's God's job. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, about how God is in, uh, is in the business of running the universe. What that means is he, he will take care of us. It may not be exactly how we want, but he will. And that's really the reality that we find in Scripture. So, really, discontentment, we're, we're all born with it. The other thing is, is discontentment begins with that desire for things that we do not have. We, we don't have something and we, we want it. That, that passage in James was talking about this. You kill and covet. It's this strategy that's going on. You really got to figure out how you can get what you want. A couple of my mentors have helped me kind of realize that desire isn't just where it stops. Desire is where it begins, but it just doesn't stop right there. Um, there's some things that go on from desire. Desire is basically that that just passion for getting what I want. But it leads to some other things. In your listening guide, you see that. And the first thing is desire, which is I want this or I need this. Whatever it is, it could be I need a new car. I want a bigger piece of steak. I want that shirt. I want that house. And it's these desires and these, these wants and these needs. And that's, that's really where the seed of discontentment starts. We see something that we don't have. And we want it. From desire, it then leads to, to covet. So now, not only do you want something, and you need something, but now you see someone who's got it. And then you say, well, I want what they have. So now the seed of desire now turns into the seed of, of covet. You covet what someone else has. From covet, it then goes to, to envy. It's, I want what they have, and I resent that they have it. So what began as like an inward battle now turns to others. Isn't that kind of how it is in, in, in our life? We have these things that we're struggling with internally, things that we want, things that we, we feel like we've gotten ripped off for. But then what starts to happen is we look around and we see other people that have gotten what we want. And so it goes from desire to covet, then it goes to envy, and then the resentment starts building. From envy, it then trickles down to jealousy. And this is, I have the right to what they have, therefore they are now my enemy. See, this person who has this has no idea of what's really going on. And all of a sudden, just creeps up. Someone's got a problem with them. Because they've got something that I want. And really, um, the envy that builds there is kind of the question of, you know what? How come they've got it and I don't? And that's when we start going into the, you know, life, life's not fair. Why did I get what I got? And we, we begin asking these types of questions. And, and the discontentment that just began with a desire is now in a, to a, a full, you know, we have an enemy now in someone else. See, that's why keeping our desires in check is so important. Because all it takes is that little, I really want that. Or I really need that. And it just spirals downward. I'm going to show you a little clip that, that paints this picture. 
It's from an animated film called uh, Over the Hedge. And we're going to meet RJ the raccoon. Okay, RJ has a desire for a bag of chips. Okay? This is kind of overly simplistic, but you'll really see it, you know, pan out. Uh, see if you can, when you watch the clip, see if you can see how his desire trickles down to other things. you need. See the spiral? The, the interesting thing is, what makes that so funny 
is he had taken everything from the bear. But the bear was still holding that one last like can of Pringle-looking things. And it's like no matter how much he had, he still needed that one last thing. And that's really what, what goes on in, in our hearts. Is We have all sorts of things ourselves that, that God has given us. Um, you know, a place to live and, and food to eat and clothes to wear and all sorts of things. But what tends to happen is we get caught up on the one thing that we still don't have. And he was really free to go. And he, he could have gotten away safely, but it was still that, that one last thing that he wanted. See, what happens in our lives are, a lot of times we, we spend our, our time thinking about all the things that we don't have. That we really miss out on, on being thankful for the things that we do. And that's including not only the materials, but the people in our lives. And our relationship with God. Those are the things that we really need to focus on. The good news is even though the reality of discontentment is real and it really exists in our hearts, we have a, another option besides just giving in to our desires. And that really is contentment. And I want to talk a little bit about the antidote to discontentment. Really, God wants us to learn to be content. Discontentment is not something that we have to learn. We're born with discontentment. My daughter doesn't have to learn how to want things. She already does. Um, I don't have to learn, you know, really to, to look at things that I don't have and desire them. That, that comes very naturally to me. You see, contentment does not come natural to us. It's actually something that we have to learn. Um, I think last week I talked about the life of Paul and his past and really how God transformed his past to really use him. Uh, he was a first century church starter and he really helped launch Christianity. Um, I want to read a passage that he talks about, um, basically what he had learned about contentment. This is Philippians 4, 10 through 12. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Basically, what Paul is saying is, uh, he was writing to this church, and there were some real needs that he had. Um, but he's not writing to the church out of all the needs, but frankly, he's writing out of the church that he's rejoiced that some of his needs have been met. See, the first thing of learning contentment is you, you rejoice in what God has given you. That's how we learn contentment. It's really, you, you transform that, that, that spirit of bitterness or desire into a spirit of thankfulness. So in my own life, I started to realize that you know what, instead of focusing on things I don't have, I really need to be thankful for all the things that I do have. I mean, we, we've been really blessed. Uh, my family, as a church, we've been really blessed. And instead of filtering just through this, this line of all the things that we, we really do want, we really find a lot of joy in being thankful for the thing, things that we have right now. So the first thing is we, we need to really be thankful to God for what we have. Another aspect of learning contentment is how we handle difficult circumstances. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. But when difficult circumstances come, that's really an opportunity that God is giving us to learn to be content in Him. Because difficult circumstances, you know, they, they pressure us in. And we, we, we tend to really 
decide right then and there what, what are we really going to stand for. Are we going to stand for being comfortable or uh, really just getting what we want? Or are we really going to rely on God to provide for us? And so really part of learning contentment is when the difficult circumstances come. When life is tough, really still choosing that thankfulness and trusting in God. What you find is when the difficult circumstances do come and you realize that God really is in control, you really are freed up to enjoy life. You're not just so worried about how everything's not turning out the way you want it. But instead you realize, you know, God is in control. He's not going to rip me off. He will take care of me. That, there's a lot of freedom in that because that's, that's real. That, that's really the truth. Um, there's a lot of things that we want and there's a lot of things that we need. In life, but learning contentment is to really be thankful for what we have, regardless of what else. The next thing of, of learning or contentment is also. Could you move the, the screen up, please? Thanks. Um, is that God gives us the strength to choose contentment? Really, we learn contentment by realizing God gives us the strength to choose it. Since discontentment is what's the most natural for us. We need help. We need God's help to really choose contentment. And that comes from the strength God gives us. That's Philippians 4, 12 through 13. And it says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul is basically describing his life and he's showing that he's had some some great times when he's had everything he's wanted or needed and then he's showing sometimes when he's not had everything he needs but he's not focusing on what he doesn't have or what he does have what he focuses on is the secret of being content and the secret is what he says in verse 13 i can do everything through him who gives me strength basically he's saying that god's strength is my contentment you see, our circumstances change, like Paul is saying. There are times in life when we have all that we want, and then there's times that we don't. But God's strength, that does not change. And so really, it's, it's a focus on focusing on external or internal. So if we focus on our, our happiness or contentment, on what's going on in our circumstances, we're going to be up and down in life. You know, we're going to be really satisfied, really happy, and then we're going to just be unsatisfied, we're going to be upset because things aren't going our way. But you see, if we set our contentment on really focusing on the strength that God provides, that strength doesn't change. And what we're doing is we're, we're starting to build conviction inside of us. And that's internal. And when we build that conviction on really what is right, and we really focus on the truth of how God takes care of us, we find that no matter what happens in life, we, we really can choose contentment. I want to share a story. When I was, um, I think this was a few years ago, I was getting my teaching credential. And I began to really learn about how God's strength was all I could rely on. Part of getting your teaching credential means that you have to student teach. And when you student teach, basically, you work full time for free. It's like a great deal for somebody, but just not for me. And I remember as I was student teaching, and I was working full time for nothing, this, this kind of discontentment began to, to stir in my heart. Because basically I was thinking, well, how, 
how's this going to work? I had a couple jobs on the side, and, and things were not adding up. Basically, it was kind of like I was a train traveling on a track, and I was seeing the track going to run out. You know in the movies, and they start to put the brakes on, and they're hoping they're going to stop. That's kind of how I felt like something's going to have to give, because the track's stopping, and we're still moving along. And so about three-quarters away from the student teaching, I was looking for jobs, and I sat down and I looked at the budget. And it was basically a reality check, because at the budget I realized that I had enough money, my wife and I, to make it through the end of June of that year. Okay, so the track was stopping in June. I was like, okay, that, that really freaks me out. And I was nervous and I was not sure what to do. But I actually came across, across this passage of Paul, and it really spoke to me because it, it made me realize that, you know what, God, you are the one that will provide. You are my strength. And even though this circumstance, I'm not sure how we're going to get out of it, you're the one that's in control. And so my wife and I, we just decided that would really be what we would hold on to. Because, man, it, if I was just looking at my budget, some days it looked better than others. This is how my life is. But when we focused on God's strength, I, I let God do his job. He's the provider. And you know what, what's, what's really neat? Since we set our hearts to do that, I got hired, and my start date was July 1st. You, you know, you, you can't make that stuff up. That is God's provision. You know, the track ran out the end of June, and I got hired July 1st. And that was just the time in my life when I really realized God is true to his word. If his strength is really my contentment, and I really rely on him to provide, he comes through. It really is just a, a beautiful picture of how God takes care of the ones he loves. Um, there's a, a, I think a section in the bottom of your uh, bulletin that has some things of what you can do this week to cultivate contentment. Did you move that? Thanks. This week I can cultivate contentment by accepting the differences determined by God. I'm not going to read those passages. You want to take the time this week to, to look at that. Um, part of the reality of life, the way God's designed the universe, is that there are differences. Each person's life is not like someone else's. But what you, you find is we have to accept that those differences do exist. Because if not, if we don't accept the differences, then all we're doing is focusing on why other people have what we don't. The second thing that you can do this week is, is by taking responsibility for my own decisions. There's things that we've done that have been good, and there's things that we've done that have been bad that could affect our situation right now. Uh, if, if you're not wise with your money or you are wise with your money, that really determines sometimes what your financial picture looks like. So sometimes we need to take the time to really look at our decisions, look at what, what's happened and, and just tell God, you know what, no matter what the decisions have, I'm, I'm really going to choose to do right right now. Third thing is we can be faithful with what God has given me. See, all of us have certain responsibilities, whether they're uh, our roles in life as family members or as citizens, um, whether our work, whatever we do, part of cultivating contentment is to be faithful with what you've been given. 
So that means we're going to work hard. Um, we're going to really be a good steward. We're going to handle what God has given us in a wise manner. The next thing, and, and this is hard, is to avoid comparison. There's just that thing in us that we see the differences and we start to ask those questions. Why do they have this? And what happens is we, we start to really focus on the wrong things. We start to feel sorry for ourselves. When we avoid comparison, we, we really are letting God do his job. He's determined the differences. When we avoid comparison, we say, you know what, God, you know better than I why everyone is in the situation they're in. And then the last thing is focus on enjoying what you do have. Uh, when you do that, you, you find that you really experience life in a way that, that brings a lot of blessing and a lot of joy. Part of the thing that contentment does is it, it really allows us to love God and love others in a real way. Because we're not asking all, about all that we don't have, but we're really focusing on what we, what we have been given. So we really can honor God with all that he's entrusted us in. So this week I, I challenge you to pick one of those things. Um, maybe there's something that you've noticed that you've been falling into, just maybe on that, that slope of discontentment. Try to identify that. Confess that back to God and focus on one of these things that can help you cultivate contentment. Will you pray with me? Well, thank you for being our provider and for giving us all that we, we need in life. And we confess that our hearts just a lot of times go our, our own way. And we just want a lot of things that we don't have. So, Father, we, we just give you our desires and we will rely on your strength to really be content. Thank you that you do give it to us and that you give your strength freely to those who ask.